Hey everyone, it's the Lollygagging Podcast with Rick and Dave. And now here are your hosts, Rick and Dave. Howdy everyone, this is uh, this is uh, the Lollygagging Podcast with Rick and Dave. Uh, I'm Dave and I'm here with... Uh, John, Paul, Ringo, and uh, the other fellow nobody can remember. Harvey, yeah, that was the guy. Now, hi, I'm Rick. How's everybody doing tonight? We're, we're doing great. We're doing great, Rick. Thanks for asking. Okay, it's always good when the audience participation kicks in. Yeah, that's that's really the first time that's ever happened. Especially that guy who sounds like he got kicked in the nuts. Oh, no, that's my natural speaking voice. Oh, that was weird. Okay. Okay, Harvey. <laughs> All right. So, Rick, last week when we uh, last spoke, you and I had kind of shared uh, our, our inspirations for um, how we want our language studies and language learning and acquisition to go uh, for the next, uh, you know, next year, I guess. But uh, I've, got a, I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you in the meantime. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to um, your learning reading challenge and, and my uh, flashcard intensive uh, self-study but in the meantime i got some questions for you just things have been things that have been piling up that i've been meaning to ask you for almost an entire minute now okay you're not wanting that money back are you always uh we, i'm yes oh. and uh in fact my <laughs> friends my friends john paul ringo and uh harvey are uh gonna be knocking on your door real soon uh, so, well the check's in the mail well then where's the slovak <laughs> oh <laughs> in, in, insert rim shot here all right yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, Rick. Okay. Crack on, crack on. What's the what's the question? Okay, well, first of all, okay, you live in or near London, is that correct? That is correct. But how often do you make it to the city? To uh, the pro- well, not as much as you think. I mean, I I used to uh, last year I, I I worked in the city for six months, so I used to go in and out quite a bit. Uh, now I've got a different job, so I'm I'm not in as much. I occasionally go in on a weekend or whatever, but, but not as often as you think, maybe every couple of months I might get in, into the city. Okay. How, how much uh, interaction with um, multilingual people do you have on a regular basis or have you had in the past? Uh, let's just, let's give you the past year. Uh, well, the last year, because I've been, um, well, there's, there's, a, there's a number of possible answers to this. So I did that language uh, exchange thing. And so I spoke to a lot of people, but it was from my house. But I think the question you're wanting to know is who in person, what sort of times and, you know, have I, have I used my languages outside of study? Is that what you mean? Well, not, not only that, but I'm just curious, what is your experience with, with the multilingualism of London? Simply because um, I was there uh, a few months ago. Uh, you might have seen me at the pub you and I were drinking at. And, um, you know, I hadn't been to London in... Oh, maybe maybe over a decade. I haven't hadn't really spent any time there in a decade. And uh, although, I've, you know, I passed through here and there and I, I just I found it amazingly multilingual and incredibly tolerant. I found so many languages were spoken by so many people and they all kind of overlapped. And there was never any um, uh, and I don't want to get too political here, but there's never any, you know, this is this is London speak English or speak, speak British or whatever. And it just seemed like everyone really just gelled very well and that languages were were just thrown about uh, left and right and in the most positive way and I'm, I'm curious what your experience is having been around that uh, on a more regular basis well interestingly enough I, I read once um, that London is the fifth largest French city um, <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, it's 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 like there's as many French speakers in London as there more than the sort of sixth largest city in France. So I mean, there is a lot of people who speak a lot of different languages in in and around London. Uh, when I worked in London for, I did a contract there, and the place I worked, uh, I every day spoke to, in Italian or French, um, just because there was about oh probably a good six or eight. Um, French native French speakers who worked there and four maybe five Italians and I could have spoke other languages if I had known any Turkish there were two or three Turkish speakers and um, oh there was a lady who spoke Afrikaans there was I mean there was just a like you say a variety um, and that was just in the one small uh, retail office that I worked in I mean there was only probably 20 25 people tops and i would say you know more than 50 percent of them were bilingual in one language or another so um when you when you're working in the city you meet a lot of people um on the tubes and then the trains going in when you're commuting you're, you frequently overhear people all the time i remember i sort of eavesdropped you know every once in a while to try and say, Ooh, wonder what they're speaking um, and to see if i can sort of you know get a bit of practice in uh, I remember, you know, it was quite a bit of Chinese, always French or Italian, you know, so, so a lot of Europeans, uh, frequent German speakers. So, yeah, you, you encounter a lot of people all the time. Um, I think generally in the UK, we, we obviously were very close to Europe. So a lot of European languages spoken here. I mean, uh, where I'm at now, the two people in charge are French and I worked with a French lad who was doing um of work experience so i spoke with him in, in french um for for a few months while he was there so certainly at work i've encountered a lot of people in my in my neighborhood where i live the lady who lives across this directly across the street from me is french one of the neighbors around the corner is italian and she speaks french and her husband's mauritius so he speaks french there's a german lady up the road there's two families who are from Iran, so they speak, um, used to be called Persian, but what is it? Uh, Farsi? Farsi, yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh, and, and actually, I've got a new neighbor, and she's Portuguese, so she speaks Portuguese and Spanish. So it's, it's, it's just, I think probably the multilingualism is more just a factor of the physical location, you know, the geography of being near a lot of other countries that speak a lot of different languages, whereas in the U.S., you know, you sort of you have some French and some Spanish, but that's pretty much it, really, as far as, you know, neighboring countries and things go. True. Yeah, true. I mean, we do get, um, uh, well, you know, I, I was in New York recently, and that, of course, is a, um, a huge uh, multilingual area. And uh, in fact, I, I just got a poster. Uh, funny you should bring this up. I just got a poster from uh, the Endangered Language Alliance, and it kind of shows all the languages spoken on Manhattan and in Brooklyn. And uh, there, I think there are like 500 different languages on there. And, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes about where you can uh, find find this map and even buy one but it's it's a spectacular thing because you know New York is is 
incredibly multilingual. Chicago is, uh, you know, like you say, you say London is the uh, fifth largest French city. Uh, Chicago, I understand, has more, Pol- I think it has the most number of Polish speakers second only to Warsaw for any city. I don't know if that's true, but that's sort of the reputation it has. And, you know, and then and then in various parts of the country, you have small, you know, neighborhoods and, and communities for a number of languages. But yeah, but it's not as uh, diverse, I guess. So, and of course, I, I live in Virginia, and so we don't really have um, neighboring big cities other than maybe D.C., which is also kind of multilingual in its own right as well. So, yeah. So do you do you enjoy that multilingualism or do you not really get uh, get exposed to it other than your, your ex-work cronies? Uh, well, I, I do get exposed. I do try. Um, I mean, I, I have problems like my, my French neighbor doesn't like speaking French to people. Uh, but I think it's just because our French is so abysmal that um, doesn't doesn't want to know. Um, but her her son, oddly enough, because um, they're 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 sort of an elderly couple. Uh, their son, he speaks to me in French. He's, he's about you know when he comes to visit, he's about 30, 35 or something. But he comes, he, he speaks because he's bilingual because he you know obviously grew up with his mother and you know his father speaks English and his mother speaks French sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I try, I try, but uh, it's it is difficult because you are in, a, in an English merged area. But I think. You know, my my family's scattered about, and I, I visit my daughter in Brighton. And at Brighton is again, it's on the south coast of the UK. For people who don't know, and it's there's a lot of tourists, a lot of tourism there, and you you quite you encounter quite a bit of uh, different languages there, and and not the sort of French, Italian, your Euro, uh, Western European stuff, but you tend to get more. Uh, Eastern European, like um, Polish and Lithuanian, and even some Russian and, and things there. So that that's a bit. I'm sure you can get that in London, but it's just the areas I was at. There weren't really that many um, Russian speakers. So, are you finding that your languages are uh, being put to use other than self-study and language exchanges? Well, I I try to, like I said, but um, the problem that I have is I'm not really in a position to meet a lot of native French or Italian speakers at the moment, although there are some at work. So, so when there's an opportunity, I, I do always try. But I am going to attempt to take uh, some vacation time, some holiday time, and, and go to France or Italy at the end of this um, contract that I'm doing at the moment. So with any luck, I'll be able to use it in anger in <laughs> the actual country where, where I need it. But I, I do occasionally find it useful i've had the odd occasion where you know i've I've, so for example a couple weekends ago actually i went to colchester which is it was the roman capital of britain weirdly and it's like one of the oldest cities in in britain i think 50 ad or something it was it was listed anyway a bit of a history lesson there before but anyway so i was up in colchester and i was in just looking through some charity shops to see if I can find some old secondhand books and things like that. And uh, I just happened to hear overhear these these two ladies speaking to each other in French. And so obviously I, I was sort of horned in there and, and started speaking to them just to practice and, and carried on a little bit of a conversation for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. So so when I overhear people, I do try and if I can you know, speak to them. Obviously, don't try and disturb people, but I do have a go. And uh, when I can, I do it. Go for it. Or That's dave them, as we say. What, wait, I'm sorry, what is that called? A daving. 
My God, what, 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 in, what in God's name is daving? Oh, daving. Have you not ever heard of daving? I, I don't uh, believe I ever have. All right. Well, there's this guy, Dave, who constantly approaches people and just spews out random words in various languages. And uh, it, basically, the idea here is that you, um, you speak to people in a, in a language. Now, uh, there's a friend of ours who is quite shy and reticent to use her languages. And so we came up with a little game where you get points for approaching people and speaking to them in a language you're learning. So we went with her to Vienna, and obviously she's learning German, so we encouraged her to speak to people in German, and she got points for doing so. And we called that daving. Oh, sounds sounds like a fascinating concept based on the behavior of an amazing person. But, um, yeah, I'm not familiar with that, but I will have to look into that and see. Yeah, uh, you should have got yeah, well, well, we'll see. You know, again, again, I, I live in an area that is not um, incredibly multilingual. I mean, we do have speakers of foreign languages here. We do have a university here, which is which is uh, quite nice. I have an English conversation partner uh, with whom I uh, meet regularly. It was originally to help his English because he's from China, but his English is to help your English. No, me talk speak goodness always before soup. See, I'm I'm fluent. No, but uh, no, but he he's so good now that we just meet as friends and have lunch but um he's supposed to help me one day uh with my uh, mandarin or cantonese should i ever uh go that route and do you think how do you think that's going to work out ah well I'll, I'll tell you once i can actually like accomplish the goals with the languages that i'm trying to study and learn so we'll see but i i studied cantonese very briefly i really liked it and i would love to learn more but uh, again yeah there, you can only fit so many languages in Per day so we'll see and right now the main the main one is french because i've got a trip coming up uh when does your contract end oh uh sometime in february so i've got a, a ways to go before i get get back to non-work but i'm trying to use the time that i've got because i i spend a fair amount of time in hotels and things so i try and um, study while i'm doing that yeah. rather than sit around and watch tv and be bored spend a lot of time in hotels huh hmm yeah. hmm so uh, you you said that you were thinking about doing some language reading type exercise before your trip to France. Are you still thinking about doing that, or? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, right now time is is a little scarce. Uh, again, I'm on a job hunt, and I've got some other things coming up, uh, and just just daily responsibilities. We've got a house that uh, needs some repairs, and uh, a couple other things. Luckily, I have no no major trips coming up for at least a month, so that is awesome. But again, it's it's I'm not sure how the the language reading challenge will work for me, simply because um, uh, it seems like you need big chunks of time. Like, you know, you don't need to do it a lot, but you need like a big eight hour chunk of time. Yeah, it is a bit of a time sink. I think that's that's the major issue. But uh, what about uh, so what I mean, I know we talked about various goals and things, but uh, we both thought as the polyglot gathering was going to be in Poland uh, Mm -hmm. this time to do a bit of Polish. Are you still thinking about that or if you put that on the back burner? Uh, I'm not studying it as intensively as I had hoped uh, since uh, the the plans to go to Paris came came to fruition. But uh, I've I've still been kind of kind of tinkering with it and studying a little bit here and there. I uh, I downloaded an app by a um, a a company called Nemo Languages. I like them because you can um, learn a certain number of words per day. And I was kind of overlapping that with my my Asimil or actually I guess uh, Kaudervelsch 
Polish book and some other resources. So I'm still doing it, but I'm not I'm not learning um, as much as I was the first few weeks after the gathering. But yes, I do I do want to keep that going. And I will say that paid off. I actually got to as you say, I got to Dave someone a few weeks ago. I was in Massachusetts for a wedding, and uh, we had some friends there. And one of them brought uh, her uh, I guess nieces who were visiting from Poland, and they spoke very little English. They were I think like 14 and 12. Uh, very very sweet girls and. You know, they showed up and I got to say, you know, like 20 things to them. I got to say like, hello, welcome. My name is Dave. Uh, how are you? I speak a little Polish. Um, you know, and it was great because I got to just spit out everything that I knew. And, and it was not even at a 14 year old level, but it was still a lot of fun. Uh, and so that that alone was was worth the study I'd been doing the, for the past few weeks after the uh, gathering. But uh, but yeah, right now I'm, I'm doing French first, uh, as well as German and Spanish. Polish uh, is kind of uh, trickling in after that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, after the after the gathering, I bought that uh, Polish book, the Asimil book, while we were there, and uh, I had a look on in in our library. There's um, I can't remember the the name of it, but you can sign up for online courses and language courses through the library. So normally you would pay for this service, but because you're going through the library portal, it's free, and they have language there. Uh, Polish is one of the languages there. So I think um, prior to the to the polyglot gathering, I think I'll, I'll spend a month doing that. So my, my plan is basically I'm going to do a bit of closed master. I'm going to do that. And I might try some LR for a month before I go there just to try and, you know, see how far I can get. Do, do you think doing the LR challenge or the LR method um, right before you go is... Um, like the, the optimal way to do it uh, because you'll, it sounds like you'll be studying it, studying Polish beforehand. And I think we, uh, we kind of talked about that before where, you know, how, how does, how does the intensive factor of LR, like how does that work with a well, language most, you don't know versus a language you have some foundation in? Most people who use it are actually using it as beginners. So um, that's sort of what it's for. Um, and it, in theory, uh, in that one, I would have to do the first pass as well, so that I'd, you know you read the book in Polish and listen to the book in Polish in order to get the porosity and the word boundaries and all that sort of stuff firmly in your head before you move on to the next piece. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try and be proficient. Um, I'm looking at the sort of tourist level um, A1, A2 stuff. So I'm, uh, you know, I just want to say hi. My name's Dave. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> I hate you. Well, so so it sounds like you've got some travel coming up next year. You, you're you going to go to France sometime in or after February. And uh, as, as of now, do you think that you're, uh, you're going to the gathering is 100% or is that still possibly up in the air? Uh, well, I'd say it's sort of 80-20. I mean, I'm, I'm more likely to be there than not, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, I, I, my intention is to go. So unless something comes up that prevents it, I will be there. But I haven't booked any tickets or anything yet. <laughs> well, hurry up. They're running out. So. Yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> well, well, you say that, but I think there's some limited uh, limiting factor here because they've only got, um, it's like it was in Berlin where you're staying in the place where they're doing the talks. So you're, it's the, the hotel, the venue and the hotel are all the same. So if you don't get in there quick, I shouldn't probably be saying this really because everybody's going to jump in there before me. 
Well, I think I think there are other options uh, if you don't stay at the hotel. I think there are some other hotels in the area. Um, yes, I, ideally, you'd want to stay stay you know at the venue, but but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, and I'm, I'm not sure when they're going to announce uh, the uh, the registration opening. Um, I think I'm going to register regardless, but uh, um, I'm not sure if I will go. Um, I want to go, but again, right now the job search is the big thing, and I'm looking at jobs in and out of the country. So if I'm if I'm say in Asia or Australia, uh, it might be very unlikely that I go. But I really really want to. I want to keep going till I die. So yeah, okay. I wouldn't tempt fate if I was. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so, so another question for you then. So you you if in your area, what languages are most prevalent in, in, in sort of Virginia or I'll say the East Coast of the US? East Coast, that's a that's a good question. Um you know, I don't really encounter languages as like a community thing uh that often i mean we have like uh, uh my my partner and i we hosted a, a a syrian family for a month last year and so they spoke you know a dialect of arabic uh and, and there's a community here in in charlottesville that uh i guess has has various uh syrians and so we have an you know an arabic speaking community um but i don't really know too much about the community the other communities here and then outside of of my area uh, I don't really know. That's a, that's a good question. Again, we have Washington D.C. in the you know it's a two and a half hour drive, and that that there you'll find plenty of languages, both with uh, tourists and just different uh, different residents there. But really, it's kind of it feels kind of isolating if you want to go go somewhere and speak. I mean, you could go to a Chinese restaurant or a Thai restaurant and you know speak a little bit there you'll find some native speakers there but really i don't i don't know that's a good question i feel kind of isolated here as well so have you done any sort of um language meetups so 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 for example in, in when i was when i was first started studying italian and, and i went into london there was a um, every two weeks they did an italian meetup at, at this like pub or venue various venues and uh yeah we all just there would be Italians there and people learning Italian. And basically the idea is you, you just meet up and you speak the language at whatever level you can um, with anyone. Uh, you know, I have not done that here. I used to do that in uh, in California. There was a um, uh, a French restaurant that that made crepes and other other things. And every Wednesday they would um, have a, a French conversation evening and so you you come and you sit at this big table with everyone and you you practice your french and it was it was very welcoming and i really enjoyed that and i did that several times but uh i have not done done that here on the east coast but there are uh meetup groups there is a a website meetup.com and they uh they sometimes mention uh different meetings i think there's a french one but i've not uh, i've not been uh, bold enough to attend and then i think they have like a salsa night where there may be some spanish coming and going. But no, I, I've not done any of those. And I'm tempted to post something on the university bulletin board or or attend. They do have things in, on campus, like they do have French coffee hour and uh, German cafe stunde and things like that. So, but no, actually I have not. I'm actually, I'm, I'm very um, sort of uh, uh, insular with my languages, despite the fact that I actually might go out and Dave when I'm in a foreign country, but I, I don't uh, I don't do that so much at home. I think I'm more into like the absorbing and studying here, and then when I'm out in a foreign land and somewhere where I'm kind of you know not in my comfort zone, then I think it all starts pouring out. Right, 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 right. Interesting, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, so, but maybe 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 I'll maybe I'll I'll do that. Let me let me write that down. 
hold on. This is me scribbling down language language meetup. Okay, great. Interesting. Actually, I actually should start doing that. If even if nothing else, German because that is like the language I really want to be fluent in someday. That's my dream. So, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, well, the dream's never going to come true if you don't actually practice. Yeah. Oh, I got a, a question for you. Somebody on the on the well, another question on the forum uh, recently. They were talking about a silent period. Now, this person, and and we've had a few people that talk about this. There's a can't remember the name of it, but there's a, a methodology that's used in sort of Asian languages where they basically just spend a thousand hours getting loads and loads of input before they start speaking. So it's a, it's a, they have a silent period concept. Anyway, I know you're not silent or rarely silent, um, but uh, I was just wondering what you thought of the idea of that. So just it's the idea here is that you take in massive, massive input either in, you know, audio, visual or reading or whatever. And and you do a massive amount of that prior to actually attempting to speak in that language at all. I you know I think that's kind of what I do. I mean I I do a lot of studying and especially as soon as I know I'm going on a trip I start cramming and so this is something that that enters my short term memory and I get a lot of use out of it and generally it is me just speaking out loud. I'm not even even speaking with people. I'm not listening to people. I'm just kind of you know just cramming phrases, but then also kind of being able to break them down, you know, like understand the grammar within the phrases. So then I can make my own sentences. But generally, I just kind of do that. And then again, when I go out somewhere, it just it all comes pouring out. And the the downside of that is that people think, oh, he's he's, you know, he's been studying French for a while or German or whatever. And it only goes so far. And then I have limitations so I'll, I'll be able to say an, you know, an entire paragraph of something, but then when someone responds and says something to me, I won't necessarily understand what they're saying, and that that is to my detriment. So uh, I think I think I do a lot of just like studying and loading up, and then using everything that I've learned. But it's it's really for the short term, and then I kind of forget it all. I, I did this with Estonian a while back, and I went to I went to Estonia after after you know memorizing like 350 words you know i was great i was a beast out there but then i came back and i forgot it all so i can remember maybe 10 words of that whole thing now so that and that is i would not recommend that for you know for someone who wants to be in it for the long haul oh but these are they're talking about a thousand hours of input they're not talking months they're talking years but 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 my thing i i sort of my objection to that was the same as you know the the weightlifter who doesn't do leg day you know what I mean? So you've, you've got this huge upper body and like these little scrawny legs. And, uh, and that was that was my sort of take on it. I thought, well, you know, there's four aspects of languages. You know, there's reading, writing, speaking and listening. And if you're not doing all of them then you're not really reinforcing it. But, well, you know, actually, that, that's, that's interesting you say that because I spoke to Chris Broholm a while ago who interesting mentioned, uh, you know, I had asked him like what his uh, what his levels were in the languages that he was studying. And he, he mentioned that it's hard for him to, uh, you know, identify what, like if he's a B1 or an A1 or a C1 or whatever, simply because uh, he may speak something pretty well, but he may not be able to read it or he, um, you know, may be able to read it, but can't converse in it. So, um, and I, I think you're, I think to be a well-rounded 
the master of a language, then you do need the four skills. But I also find that there are a lot of people who only need to, say, read German because they're in the sciences and they just need to read certain texts that are originally or only in German. And so they they may lack the conversational skill. They may not be able to you know, know how these words sound even. Uh, so they wouldn't recognize them in a conversation, but they do, you know, master the reading. And so so you can uh, study a language and have some ability, even if you don't uh, have the well-rounded uh, qualities of, of you know. Well, I mean, I mean, like so reading and writing, for example, you don't actually need that. I mean, there are lots of native speakers who are literate throughout the world. And, you know, they obviously don't need to read and write. They just speak and listen. But. Um, yeah, I suppose it depends on your goal, but like I say, if you want to be well-rounded, then I think you need to be doing all four. But anyway, I suppose to, you know, <laughs> it just depends on your goals, really, and what you want to do, what you need, to, what you need to do with the language. True. So, what are your what are your goals for the next? Uh, well, we'll we'll talk in a week, but what are your goals for the next week? Just not read Harry Potter. So hopefully, that was well, I, I say that because I'm doing this LR thing and, and um, I've been trying to get resources. So I've got some audio books, but I don't have the physical book. And then I went to buy the book on Amazon because I thought, oh, I'll just get it for my Kindle because it's quick and easy. And they don't sell a Kindle version. So I've, ha- I've, I've gone and reserved it at the local library. And uh, so, yeah, I'm waiting for that. So I, I, I have Harry Potter, but I don't want to read it again. I've read it. I've read the whole series in English, French, and Italian, and I really, really, really don't want to do it again. Uh, <laughs> but I do have it there as a as an emergency resource if I run out of stuff. <laughs> okay, well, I I will wish you luck with that, and uh, I hope you don't ever have to read Harry Potter again. Well, any luck, yeah. Well, I've seen all the movies as well, so it was like. Harry Potter overload, really. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I get that, and and that's it, it's kind of like why vanilla is the, uh, um, you know, is so popular and so common. It's because it's the, you know, it's the most popular flavor. People love vanilla, and so you say, oh, that's so van- vanilla, meaning it's very common and nothing exceptional. But at the same time, it's 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 gotten that status because it's everywhere and people love it. And you know, you you might have loved Harry Potter at one point, but now you're I- now you're. No, now you're the beginning, but now I'm a I'm a chocolate sort of person. <laughs> and and what is chocolate? What is the, Ras- the raspberry ripple? That's what I want to. Oh, there, there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm out of here. I'm gonna head out, and uh, I, I got to start studying some languages. I have not done any today. But thanks for thanks for letting me pick your brain. It's fun to just chat about a couple things that I've that I've kind of been thinking about. And um, yeah, I'll I'll catch you next week. How does that sound? Yeah, no, it's good to talk to you. And yeah. by the way, if anybody else has any questions they'd like to ask, feel free to put them in the comments and uh, we'll try and answer to the best of our, our ability. It's not, not all that much, but it's something. We try. We try. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good night, Dave, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. You too, Rick. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Next time on the Lollygagging Podcast, I had an interesting question from a not only a listener, but also a co-host. Something about crosstalk. I mean, I... Go! I... Go! There are other things you're meant to be doing that you wouldn't have a clue about, <laughs> that sort of thing. You've just subjected yourself to the Lollygagging Podcast with Rick Dearman and Dave Prine. If you enjoyed any or all or none of this podcast, please show some love. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment, share with a friend, send us a nasty email, download the podcast for later, 
Tell people you dated us in high school and regret breaking up with us. Don't sue us. And if nothing else, enjoy learning languages. Oh, Daving. Interesting.